This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got nards. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. They're all gonna laugh at you. I'm listening to the Jersey Cools. Hey, everybody. What's up? What is going on? That's my Nick Cage. <laughs> it's like your Nick Cage. Ah, I like it. Oh, ah, we do a podcast. <laughs> Tonight we are visiting the Wicker Man. Both old and new. Mm-hmm. And I've bought my, my lyre, right? Lear? No, that's that's guitar, isn't it? No, the little... That seems like a flute. No. Oh, it's the little... You're right. It's like a guitar. Okay. Liar. Liar. Sorry. I'm not a liar. Got you. <laughs> computer, I'll beat you up. How dare you? But yeah, no, I've got my I've got my finest um, sexy songs about being Scottish ready to go. I've yeah. got yeah, I'm gonna sure need you both later. I might take off. Yeah, we're gonna just sit around naked for yeah, a little while. I'm ready to dance and slap the walls and my ass. And <laughs> Scots. Let's go. That's how I end every day. Um, so we, yeah, so let's just dive right in and start with the original Wicker Man. Yeah. From 1973, directed by Robin Hardy and written by Anthony Schaefer, who was largely known as a playwright. And I, I gotta say, I think it does show a little bit mm-hmm. in the film itself. This does seem like a play that I was in high school. Yeah. I wish. I know. There's <laughs> much more nudity, but structurally is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Yeah. And then uh, Edward Woodward. Woodward? Woodward. Woodward. Stars at Sergeant Howie. And he's definitely another, oh, that guy. He's been in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Christopher Lee kills it as Lord Summer Isle. And you know what? I knew that he was in it, but I, like, I think I just always see Christopher Lee as, like, old man Christopher Lee. Yeah. So when he rolled like up, like, young Christopher Lee, and, like, he looked like Austin Powers at With one his point. his afro. Oh, I was so good. And his last coming up. Yep. And the scene when he like was playing piano, you, Chad was like, He's Austin Powers. <laughs> oh, he's so good. He's so good. Yeah, he really was. I loved him. I loved him. You know who he reminded me of? Sasha Baron Cohen. I don't know why, but like he lo- I was like, is that? What? No. I feel um, like since he t- he plays like really similar roles all the time, it was nice to see him in a role where he would be, he was able to be like have a little more fun. Because mm-hmm. he's usually like very dour, like usually like a centuries old vampire or like an evil like magician in Star Wars or whatever you want to call it, you know, like, he's, I, I don't know, at least from what I know him from. So it was nice to see him in something, you know, a little bit outside of his wheelhouse. Yeah, agreed. Um, so yeah, so basically in this film, you have this douchebag Sergeant Howie guy. What? He's not a douchebag. Oh, he is a mega yeah, he's douche. A, he's a mega douche. Jackie. He's a mega douche. Like, that's the whole point, is that he's a douche. And then he's sitting here and oh, he's condemning all I'm, the... That's right. Never mind. I'm switching them. You're right. Because, yeah, I have a note that, like, in the first movie, I'm on the side of the town. And in the second movie, I'm on the side of the sergeant. My bad. He is a douche. I swapped him. Okay. I'm sorry. No worries. He, he just comes there and he's like, no, Christianity's the right religion. You guys are doing the backwards, stupid religion. Yeah. yeah, this this film is such a great statement on, like, the f- dangers of faith that is too intense, or faith where you think you're right and everybody else is wrong. And it's a, to me, this film is a big fuck you to Christianity, and I'm into it. 
Yep. Yeah. You know, That's I mean, and, yeah. So, so basically, this guy goes to the island because, oh, I'm, I'm synopsizing. Is that okay? No, please do. Um, the sergeant gets an anonymous letter asking him to come to investigate a missing child mm-hmm. named Rowan. And when he gets there, he's like basically met with some batshit, crazy, pagan, worshiping, philosophically very different from Christianity beliefs, which he is judgy and shitty about. And then it turns out at the end that it was all just like a, a, ruse. a ruse to get him there so that they could sacrifice him so that their crops might be better. Yes. And I gotta tell you, between the inappropriately sexy songs and the naked women everywhere and all the feminist beauty of this film, I was into it. Every second of it. I just, I just loved it. Take me, me for too. a ride. And I would join this island. Yeah, I'm just I, throwing that out there. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to buy this on Blu-ray, 4K, whatever I can get because mm-hmm. I loved it. It was just, I don't know, the songs and everything. And I'm not usually into all that old country shit, but it was good <laughs> and it got psychedelic sometimes. It did. It, was, it got weird. It was weird. really good. I liked it a lot. And I thought it was an interesting, like, here we are post-1969, what we could argue is, like, the moment where hippie culture in America kind of blows up and we realize it's just not sustainable. And this this group of people is like, fuck that. We're going to make our own island. We're going to bring back strongly feminist pagan ideology. We're going to make nice produce and everybody's going to be happy. Like, how much fun are they having? Every time you see them, they're all happy and, like, Naked and naked all. and dressing up in weird costumes oh my and stuff, God. and just yeah. having a fun all the time. They are. They're just having a great time, every, and like they're all drunk and singing about the the. the they sing about wieners people. all yeah. oh day. My God. Oh my yeah. They have so many songs about poop. wieners, yeah. and they, that's like the first thing they teach kids. They're like, "What's yeah. the Maypole, kids?" And it's like, a big symbol. symbol. Yeah. And I'm like, "Yay! It's a dick! Yay! Yeah. They did it!" Even though I think that might be from the yeah the phallic the phallic. No, it's definitely from the the original. Yeah. And then he, of course, in typical bullshit Christian male fashion, he fucking mansplains the shit to this whole town. He's like, no, you can't teach kids about about this stuff. It's like, this is inappropriate and I'm going to, I'm going to tell everyone on you, like, what are you going to do? He's like, I don't know. I'm all flustered and British. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so he gets to this island. It's um, basically like an... Well, there's a lot. So there's a lot to unpack. I don't even know where you guys want to start. I just I love know. this film. Um, I would definitely start with the innkeeper's daughter because she's fascinating to me. Willow. Mm-hmm. Yes. Willow. Willow. <laughs> I'm not leaving the baby. Um, he, like literally, <laughs> I love quoting Willow randomly. Um, I loved the scene where she did her sexy, seducing, witchy dance mm-hmm. because yeah. this film felt very much an homage to. Like, a, it was almost, to me, a resistance to what the 70s was about to bring us. It was mm-hmm. like a, we like what happened in the 60s, and we don't want that to go so, away. I have a question, because in my head, I couldn't figure out. Okay, so Willow is doing her, like, siren song. She's slapping the wall. She's yeah, slapping, her, slapping ass. her ass. Was she trying to seduce him? To get her to sleep with him, to save him? No. No. It was a test. Yes. Because they okay. always wanted him as a sacrifice, mm-hmm. but she wanted he to had know. He to be virgin. Right. If he came over, that would, they would know. Like, he's no okay. good. And then they would have to get someone else or try an animal this year or something else. Okay. Because you know? I was when I was watching it, I wasn't sure if she was doing that to be like, come on, like, get in here and you'll oh, be good. Oh, no, she had no Okay, so it was a test. Okay. It was okay. a test. I think had he actually come over, she wouldn't have had sex with him. I think they still would have had to kill him, but he would have been oh, less. I think no, I think, I think she would have, because they're all into having sex all <laughs> yeah, the time but there. Howie walked out of the bar at one point, and there was like nine people, nine couples just on the out, lawn just, just getting out on. Just yeah, doing yeah. it, yep. oh, I, was, I was watching this at work today, and oh my god, I was like, whoa. When she starts singing this song and doing her butt slap dance, oh, I loved her a little kid dance. walked into the store to get a $20. I was like, oh, stop that, and hit the circle button. No, no, no. My first note is the 70s are weird, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is so true. You got the naked chick crying over the gravestone. You got people mm. doing it in the lawn. You like, got her, the little sweet old lady making those little naked baby cakes. Like, everything yeah. in this movie is either about nakedness or sex. Even the May, Maypole song, like, when he first started with that in the woods grew a tree and trees, and I was like, I know that. We all then he's like, got the girls on the band and the band's getting seen, and I'm like, oh. Like, not, <laughs> it just took a turn. I was so uncomfortable. Yeah, because he was like, and on the bed there was a girl, and on the girl there was a man, and from the bed there was a scene, and from that scene there was a boy. I was like, God damn it. 
Well, and I it, mean, I like, it's, it's, a, it's just their yeah. way of teaching the birds and the bees. That's right. Yeah. It's, you they, know? They need to promote that stuff because they're a small group of people, you know, in the grand scheme of things, and they need to make sure they're all taken care of and their way of life can continue. And you're not going to do that <laughs> if you become all Protestant and repressed. Although I will yeah. say that in the schoolroom scene, when mm-hmm. Howie goes to the schoolhouse to talk to all the girls... Mm-hmm. That one you little, pathetic liars. <laughs> that one little girl's a fucking sociopath with the bug on the string. Oh, yeah. Where she's like, yeah, he, That's just, him. he just winds himself up, you know, and just to see Yeah, how but much. it's like perfectly symbolic of him. It doesn't make her any less of a sociopath. It's a, it's a beetle, though. It's a beetle, though. Hey, and they're, and they start all... by killing small animals, and all I'm just saying. It's not an animal. It's a, it's a beetle. I'll step on a beetle all day, every day. Um... <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think everyone in this town is kind of like a little bit like we're gonna get this guy and it's gonna make more stuff better. And I think that's just an extension of that. Yeah. Is she's thinking about this guy getting himself all wound up? He is the beetle on the show. So Uh now, has they don't do this every year, right? No, they only had to do it because the crop failed. Right. So they don't usually sacrifice people. They sacrifice animals. Animals. Okay. So I'm I'm not crazy being behind them for most of the movie, right? No. in this film that I just like lost my mind over how cool they were like the teacher who was like no you don't get to tell me what my curriculum is that's not since when is that the job of the police I was like yeah bitch separation church and state you know like I was all into it and then I also loved that part too when you have the juxtaposition of one of the most natural things we can do which is breastfeed our children and he walks by and he's like yeah. And then he yeah. goes and puts a cross on her. And, right and apparently bloody. she was pulling out the egg. Apparently yes, that's a pagan the pagan for, 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 for fertility. Actually, so much in this film. Did a little research. Hey. <laughs> Turns out a lot of the, the it's so thick and rich in old Celtic and oh, what's the other word? Dian, uh, Dian something. I don't know. Um, symbols of. I've seen these words before. Um, <laughs> of symbols of fem- the feminist power of old pagan rituals and also of fertility and of crops because the hair itself is a symbol of the, the bunny is a symbol of sexuality but also a symbol of fertility not only for women but also for like the land itself. The beetle on the string I think was symbolic and like again I loved like maybe sexuality and fertility are not the problem here. Like, women, traditionally speaking, in religion before Christianity, women were revered, we were the power, we were the goddesses. People prayed to goddesses before Christianity. Mm -hmm. Uh, Inequal with gods, if not above gods. And pagan religion in areas like this were very much driven by sexual power. Mm -hmm. Fucking Christianity comes along, represses the feminine, makes us wrong, the old Adam and Eve story comes around, suddenly we're the assholes, and literally everything about feminism is now problematic and needs to be repressed and needs to be dominated. Those male motherfuckers who started Christianity, and I'll, I don't care if lightning bolt can take me, will absolutely, to me, be one of the biggest reasons why we lost our equity as the other judges. The only reason why any of us at any point think sex is bad and the reason we hush, we hush sex from children... Mm-hmm. Is is because because of religion is because of Christianity. If it wasn't for that, it's like, hey, yeah, it's this is the way that babies are made. It also feels good, and we do it because it feels. They good. hijack like all of our all of the pagan yeah. all the pagan uh, uh, yeah, holidays and turn them into now. This is a Jesus day. It's like no, it's not what that is. Yeah. It's like you have no evidence of any time when Jesus was born. You just decided that. You're going to take over this pagan holiday and make it your own because, you know, people like that stuff and they're still celebrating it in Mm -hmm. the 1800s. Absolutely, yeah. And they're like, no, you can't do that anymore. So they changed it into something else and eventually over time they gaslit it enough and it worked. Exactly. And I liked the scene with her song, Butt Slapping Song, because it was also to me a a call to like the siren song from Odysseus and like Mm -hmm. how could he like resist the tempting. And again, like he was such a judgy little shit Mm -hmm. about everything they did that, yeah, you have no, I had no sympathy for him. I was like, burn, 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 we don't need no water. I 
didn't care. At the end, they're singing their pagan songs, mm-hmm. you know, as he's burning up. They're singing to their gods, and he starts singing, like, the Lord's Psalm mm-hmm. or something, yeah. and, like, to try and fight against them. I'm like, no, you're gonna burn, dude. Yeah. You're yeah. burning now. I definitely felt worse for the goats in the, in the Wicker Man than I did for him. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like the movie. Um, I, This is one that I don't know I'll watch again. I had the note of this feels like the grandfather of an A24 movie. And I don't necessarily mean that as a compliment. But that's personal preference for me. I don't necessarily, no pun intended, I don't enjoy the slow burn mm-hmm. kind of movie. And this one to me was very... Well, yeah, you're kind of right, but it's not, I don't know. Oh, it's, it's Well, I don't know. I think it... You're not I wrong. Think, well, no, I, I understand your point about not liking this movie, but this movie has made so many other movies happen past it because of the structure and everything. Like, we wouldn't have Hot Fuzz if it wasn't for this movie. Mm-hmm. So how yeah. about them apples? Oh, and the dude's in Hot Fuzz. Yeah. 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 Yes, he Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, no, and I loved, like, the very God is dead play on, like, faith is such a funny thing, and I love the moment when he's like, wait, you guys, no, wait, there's a God, and God's not gonna approve of what you're doing here, because here he is, this, like, pious, holier-than-thou piece of shit, who is desecrating their beliefs, which is wrong, like, I don't care, unless your beliefs are hurting others, which I guess they kind of are, because they're killing them, but whatever, um, well, him in particular. They've yeah, never they, done that deserve, before. Right. They say and in the movie will. they've never mm-hmm. sacrificed a person before, yep. but they felt it was necessary this time. Right. And their island, it to me, is appealing, and their beliefs are appealing, more so than many Christian beliefs, in my opinion. And he's sitting there, and he's trying to rationalize it to them. And, it, like, I loved him trying to explain his God, especially in the scene when he's talking to Christopher Lee's character. And he's like, well, so you're saying that your Jesus came back, was died and then came back and you but you don't believe he's like he's like no i understand you believe you're saying that like a ghost made a lady Mm -hmm. pregnant and yes yes and and he starts like you know really breaking down his beliefs in a way that he was doing to them just to be like you know fuck you we're all we all kind of believe crazy things exactly leave us alone and stop being so critical yep and and again like i think it was it's interesting to see the like at the end of the day, and I'm not I'm not promoting paganism here, but I am promoting the idea of A, practicing what makes sense to you, and B, religions that are very in touch with natural world. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I think so many of these pagan beliefs that I looked into were really all about, like, harmony and spirituality with nature and how we treat the world the way it needs to be treated and the world will treat us the same way. And, like, so to me, the way we sh- literally shit on our earth and our fucking probably years away from polar ice cap melting it makes sense like i love the naturalism of these people and the lack of shame attached to the feminism you know the problem with christianity in uh comparison to paganism is that they don't care about this existence this existence is nothing to them this this is like a blip this is like this is like a fart in the wind Mm -hmm. none of this shit's gonna matter you're going to live in heaven for eternity, so let all this shit burn to the ground. Rape it of its natural resources. Take everything you want because it doesn't matter. Yeah. And I'm not cool with that No, at all. yeah, there's, that's a good point. And Jackie, getting back to your point, you're right. This is, like, to me, the great-grandfather of very slow-burning psychological horror films where, yes, there's a great end scene that gives you this good payoff, but for the most part, the horror comes from pointing out the problems of the real world. And that's why I love and stand by things like Hereditary and, you know, Get Out. And even The Wicker Man, while there are supernatural elements, mm-hmm. the real horror is us. And I'm yeah. such a sucker for that. I really am. Like, I love the films that do that. I think they're the films that do kind of... Cla- I hate to, I know you get bad. No. Like, class up our genre a little yeah. bit. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, to me, it's all... It's, like, subjective. Like, if, if that's if that's the subgenre... If that's a subgenre that you like... Cool. I think that not liking the elevated horror subgenre doesn't take away any of my street cred. It doesn't make me any more or less of a horror fan than any mm-hmm. other one of us. It's just, I'm happy that in a genre that has been pushed aside for so long that we now have so many different facets 
that no matter who you are, we can all at some point come together and be like, yeah, I like horror. Whether whether you only like the elevated horror or whether you like the slashers with the male gaze or if you like the more, you know, psychological thrillers and that. Like, to me, it's just like I get to – I'm happy that the genre itself is growing. You yeah. Know, regardless. Like I said, it's subjective. Regardless of what any of us like, at the end of the day, we all kind of come together to celebrate horror and, you know, I feel like, and I'm biased, but I'm like, what other genre can, you know, do what we do? So apparently, like, this is a pretty, like, uh, a, a pretty, like, well-examined, uh, like, part of horror that just kind of went away in the 80s and 90s, like, almost completely. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's great. It's coming back now. So. Yeah, and I kind of like that. And I, I really like horror with a little meat on its bones, horror with a little theme to it. Also, speaking to the male gaze, because, Jackie, I know you love those slashers. For all the nudity and all the, like, references to sexuality in the film, I thought it was a very, because it had such a feminist underlying message, it was a very well-directed, well-handled film. Mm -hmm. This could have been, especially in the early 70s, so exploitative. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't. It was like, this is going to sound weird, but it was a very, to me, classy way to handle this idea of, like, really open sexuality. It was a celebration of it. Because there's nothing nothing wrong with it. There's nothing to be afraid of. And if you feel... Any sort of, like, ooh, like, if you're shying away, like, that's just fucking Christianity that has, you know, I mean, I, I'm going to call you out a little bit, Marissa, uh-uh. but no, in a loving way. Okay. But how you were saying, like, you said a couple minutes ago, like, not that you're, like, supporting paganism, but you were talking about the attributes of it. And, like, to me, like, that says that there's a fear. You're afraid to not be Christian. You know, oh, that's right, a good call. And, and, yeah, it's like, yeah. and, and I'm not saying I no, don't mean that no, any it's slight a, against you, but I think that just comes with more of Christianity. I think there are people that would like to maybe explore different things, but there's that fear the in the back of their head mm-hmm. of like, what if I'm wrong? And yeah. what if these people are right? You know, like as, as an atheist who has a mother who is a Christian that time and time again will remind me that Roman Catholic I might want to clarify too your mom right no she's Methodist is she Mm -hmm. wait I thought you were Catholic I am but that's father's side that's your dad's side got it okay um you know she constantly reminds me you know that she she fears that me being an atheist her she supports me but she's afraid she wants to see me in heaven with her at the end of the day you know she doesn't want me burning in hell because I don't believe kind of thing um so, you know, it's like I, I understand that someone might not necessarily agree with everything that comes with being a Christian, but there's that fear. It is. It's there's ingrained. There's fear yeah. at the end of the day. You know, you're, you're just so afraid to to be wrong that, you know what? Yeah, like, I'll, you know, and for, some, for me, I'm okay not having a belief in anything. And that's a completely personal choice. And I begrudge no one that wants to have something to believe in, to have an entity or a being or an idea to believe in. Like, like you were saying, like to each their own with that. Like, so that's, I, I, like I said, it's not that I dislike this movie as much as I'm comparing it to an A24 movie. Uh, and you know what? I shouldn't even put, uh, I'm not going to specify A24. I'll just say like the elevated horror subgenre. Um, I did like this one. I mean, like I liked Hereditary. I thought that was a decent movie. Again, not something I'm going to go back and watch probably ever again, but I saw it. I checked it off my list. Tony Colette is a fucking goddess, and I really will gravitate toward anything that she's in because I love her. So I mean, it's funny because this sounds so like I don't know vapid when I say it out loud, but my big quote that has guided me through all of the existential crises that have gotten me away from organized religion and into more of an agnostic position at this point is from the movie Dogma. And the character Rufus says, I think it's better to have an idea. You can change an idea. Changing a belief is trickier. People die for that. People kill for it. The whole of existence is in jeopardy because of the Catholic belief system and in this plenary indulgent bullshit they do. And, and that to me, he's like, and there's like, he goes on to be like, mankind got it wrong. Like God just wants you like, and I loved that movie for so many reasons, but I loved it because this idea that like this fucking motherfucker is such a perfect in the film is such a perfect representation of people who are willing to like literally die or kill or, or judge for their beliefs. And that's where all organized religion loses me. And you're right, Jackie, there is that tiny piece of me that will always be a good little Roman Catholic girl worried that I'm going straight to hell. But I think that at the end of the day, I really think religion causes so many more problems in our world than good. 
and it breaks my heart to say it, but yeah, I, I rooted, actively rooted against this man and everything he stood for because he, he to me, represented those, those, like, people who literally would die for their own beliefs. And that's crazy to me. Like, none of us know if we're right or wrong. How are you willing to kill or die for that? You know? Like, how are you willing to act like you know? Indoctrination. It's nuts to me. And, like... That's, that's why, that's why you baptize babies and, and, and do christenings and stuff like that. It's, it's, you get them early... And it makes it harder for him to bounce back. And, like, I feel like... And you he, can keep your dogma going. Yeah. And I feel like he tries to make them out to be the cult and them out to be the problem, but really Christianity is the cult to me. Lead with fear. Yeah. Can we God, can sorry. we jump to, like, the last 20 minutes of this movie? Absolutely. So, so our bad guy, Howie, he gets his comeuppance in a nasty way. Because mm-hmm. there is, I will say, you know... When you get murdered in a movie, again, for me, my slashers, it's, ah, I jumped out of the closet, stab you, slash you, whatever. This is, you get to, like, the slow, just agonizing, oh, yeah, you see that about a mile away? Yeah, you're going to die there, and we're going to carry you there, and we're going to anoint you, and we're going to put this robe on you, and then we're going to carry you up into it, and you're going to see it, you know, just chilling. You're going you're gonna to watch gonna, it burn yeah, as the flames creep fire, up towards you. Like, that is some horror. Horror. That is some straight horror. But like I said, I felt worse for the goats than I did for Howie. <laughs> oh, me too. I was like, save the goats. The goats and the pigs. I know. Yeah. Why can't they just chill with the God of the Sea? He just wants beer. God of the Sea is chill as hell. God of the Earth is like, no, we need like blood. Humans, yeah. We need blood. But the guy to see is like, yeah, just there's some beer up here, dude. You can crunk, crunk up the ocean. I will say that watching this movie, I it got me pumped up to watch the 2006 version because I had oh. also I had never seen the 2006 the version. On you. Oh boy! But it starred Nicolas Cage, and y'all know how I feel about my Nick Cage. And I had always heard that Nick Cage is crazy bananas. Nick Cage in this movie. Mm-hmm. I will say I was. Disappointed. He's not as crazy as he as as he is in like you know Bad Lieutenant or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. He's or been crazier or, or yeah. like Face Off. Like yeah. he's been crazier in other movies. But yeah. there are moments in this movie where he is acting and he's reacting to things that aren't actually happening, and it's incredible. Oh yeah, it's like he's almost in his own different movie at times. Like Sometimes, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh god, this movie. So yeah, so let's just transition into the giant piece of shit unnecessary remake yeah. in 2006. And it's funny because. As you guys know about me, I am like Charlie Brown with the football. I'll always give a, a remake a try. Mm-hmm. I'm always like, maybe they will bring something to the table that is worth the my two cents, right? But this, <laughs> not even my love for Nick Cage got me through this. I'm going to say, first of all, I like that they bought it to the United States and then off the coast of U.S. Mm-hmm. But here's one profound thought I had about Nick Cage. And you guys have probably already had this, but for me it was like an aha moment. When he is acting... Like a normal human being, he is a terrible actor. When he's acting like a lunatic, he's brilliant. So at the beginning, when he's just like, hi, ma'am, I'm a cop, like, blah, 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 I'm like, oh, he's such a bad actor. But then the second he turns on the crazy, you're like, right, Oscar worthy. <laughs> like, I realized that I think it's because he isn't actually a normal human being, Mm-mm. so he can't portray normal. Okay, so you, uh, what? There's, there's some outlet, some media outlet that does this thing where they take actors and they ask them a bunch, about a bunch of their past roles. They did it with him, and he explained his acting method, which is he looks, looks at the script, he thinks about what the lines and the character reminds him of, and he literally picks things from other people's performances and mushes them all together into one thing. So he'll be like, oh, this makes me think of that scene in a casino where this is happening and he'll just try and like channel like you know Al Pacino or something from like one like one specific line reading or something like that's what he does so he's like a schizophrenic like actor like that's his deal yes and it's 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 kind of brilliant but it's bonkers it is so when he's doing something it's like really down to earth like I'm sure he's like I don't this doesn't really I'm just gonna read these lines because they really don't make me think of anything else but when, but when he has, like, a charged, emotionally charged moment, his brain is, like, all over the place. And, like, he can't, like, just, like, 
be a person and try and act normal. He's like, oh, take off all these things. Ah! Like, freaking yeah, out. He just can't be normal. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, so the fact <coughs> that he is, like, this nice cop creates a, a completely problematic dichotomy for the film. Mm-hmm. Because I can't root on the crazy batshit cult pagans, but also have him be cool and feel bad for him, too. So mm-hmm. now I'm just stuck in the middle where I'm like, God damn it, I hate it all. Oh, see, now, I, like I said, I had the complete opposite, where in this movie, I was completely rooting for the cop and completely against everybody on the island. Like, they were... Shitty. Horrible. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was a complete role reversal of, I, I, he's the hero now. They're mm-hmm. no longer yeah. the hero. He's the hero now, because now they're this oppressive society where in the first one it was about religion and like a religion religious oppression and now you know we've got the whole b thing okay no sorry no i didn't i I thought you were done no i was just gonna say like we've got the whole b thing where like of course they serve need and of course there's the whole b colony and then the b colony is reflected in the actual people colony so the impression i got so in both of these movies the police officer is being lied to the entire movie i felt like in the remake it was mean-spirited like they're all playing a big trick on this fucking Mm -hmm. idiot who would dare come here to try and save some little girl you stupid piece of shit like they're all kind of like eh, the yeah, whole it time so mean. it feels yeah. so mean-spirited which is when funny because it doesn't in the you original. get you get a little bit of that from the original but it's it's only like you see someone like smiling and like whispering to his friend like and they only do it a couple times in this every single scene that he interacts with someone that's not his uh ex-fiance it's always like Complete lies. It may also made this movie really hard to follow because everyone mm-hmm. is telling him a different lie in every yeah. scene. So you're like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know who I should believe. I don't know what's what's happening. So it's just, yeah. Yeah, there's something, it's weird. I And I don't know if it's because of the lack of like religious uh, hubris, but it's like he's stripped of all of his power and like made such a fool by a woman who he knew and who he loved. And, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that it's his ex-wife, ex-fiance, and she lies to him and says it's his kid, even if it is his kid, I don't even know, that, like, it felt heartbreaking. Like, it felt mean-spirited. And it pissed me off because at the end of the day, I found myself being like, what the fuck is the point of this film? What yeah. are they trying to say? Are they trying yeah. to say, like, be careful because if you give women too much power, look what they're going to do, you know? Like, What's the point with this shit? Like, yeah. he's a victim. We feel bad for him. We kind of don't like the cult now. And and you basically made women out to be the douchebags. And in 2006, where we were still very much, I, like, not at the point of the what I would consider a third or fourth wave of feminism. Like, in 2006, people were getting assaulted by Harry Weinstein. People were getting raped all the time. Nobody, it wasn't getting the type of attention it, it's getting today. It's like, the fuck are you trying to say with this movie? It's, I don't know, who directed this? Because they misread the original they did so misread fucking the hard. Like, they probably watched, like, the first couple minutes, and they're like, well, I got it. Oh, Let me see the end. Yeah, okay, shit. we'll have that happen. All right, cool. Yeah. Like, it, was... it, it feels like that's, like, the only part. And and what's crazy is that I think I read that, like, 70% of the script is word for word. They just kind of there change is, the there, context of it. Right. Yeah, there is a lot that's. I noticed. I started noticing that mm-hmm. stuff too. There is a lot of shared dialogue between these two. Because I, yeah. I watched it back to back. I watched the old one and then watched the new one. Right, you know, at one after the other. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like there's a ton of shared dialogue, but you see the context is different. Yeah, I had a big problem with the cult because to me, it's like if they were trying to make some sort of feminist statement, like they missed the mark because it's. It's like at that point, the the women are are no better than like the men were. If you were trying to, you know, it's almost seemed like a petty revenge where now the women are, are in control and the men, are, you know, have no speech. Like mm-hmm. their tongues have been removed. They cannot speak. They are the slaves. They're the drones. You know, it's like you're doing this vicious cycle. Like yes, maybe women were treated like that at one point, but it makes no sense to complete the circle and then treat men like that. Like the whole fight that not only women, but you know, minorities, LBGTQ, like we just want equality. We just want everyone on common ground. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like it's not the goal for 
any one set to oppress the other one. Everybody just wants to be on common ground. That's all we want is yep. equality. And in this movie, they really just Flipped fuck it. the system. And it's like, nope, women are in charge now. Women have inherited the earth and we're in control. And we're going to treat you like you treated us. And you're just continuing this vicious cycle of hate that makes no sense. So if that's what they were going for, like the whole... Feminists inherit the earth. Like, I feel like they really, really missed the mark. See, I don't disagree with you. And I think you make a really good point there, Jackie. But one of the things I did like, because I'm going to throw it out there. I, this film was a piece of shit to me. Nick Cage on a bike is delightful. Yes. I, watch him, I could watch him biking around in his little, his little bicycle all day. But that was the only redeeming thing for me. But one of the things that really I thought they had something with and then they fucked it up. Were, there were two things. I thought, number one, the Don Quixote references yes. were very interesting because Don Quixote is a representation of, like, the problems of sh the notion chivalry. of chivalry. And this idea that, like, men exist to save women and to go out and do great, bold, wonderful things to save the world around them and that we they have, like, this hero complex where they feel like their worth is based on the actions they do to become great. Mm -hmm. And I think if you look at Nick Cage's character in that light... I think it's a very interesting take on him him being morally superior somehow. I mean, there are moments, he's not as arrogant, but there are moments in the film where you can tell that he he lives on being the hero. Like, he thrives on this idea that he's going to go there and he's going to save them all from themselves. He is a police officer. And he is a police officer, mm -hmm. which I think goes hand in hand with that like yeah. chivalry complex that a lot of us have. And I say this as someone who definitely has a, a, a female version of a chivalry complex. Um... Also, he is, like, recovering from failing at doing that yes. so hard at the beginning of the movie. That it broke him. That, that it broke him. So, like, you kind of want him to succeed. So, yeah, it's, this movie sucks. It's totally. It, it, it totally, like, messes up all its themes. And, like, the stuff they add to it, it would be good in a vacuum. But in the context of this film, it just makes you feel crappy, mm -hmm. you know? They, they have good ideas, and they just never flesh them out properly. Right. And where the other one, like, the original ends with this brutal, horrific death, but you're like, need to do, I'm going to go talk about my body. Like, you're <laughs> somehow happy and okay yeah, with it. Like, hey, yeah, me too. I'm like, grab their gonna gonna okay. and stripping naked, right? Yeah. Whereas, like, at the, the end, end of, yeah. <laughs> whereas at the end of this, I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, like it was like icky. Well, you know what? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, so, it's wait. Okay. Which version did you guys see? Did it end at the Wicker Man burning? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and the 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 theatrical version, there's another scene where Willow and Lilu uh, Dallas Multipass go to a city somewhere, and uh -huh. they. And they go to a bar, and they pick up James Franco <laughs> and uh, Jason Ritter at the bar, and they continue their cycle. Oh, that's funny. James Franco would deserve it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. JK, not really. No, not really. <laughs> um, so the other change they made that I thought at first maybe could be cool, but then it turned out to suck, was they turned Lord Summerisle into Sister Summerisle. And while I love that actress, she's another one that's like from everything, but I don't know who she is. It's Chris McNeil from The Exorcist. Ah, Ellen Burstein. I love her. Yeah, when I saw her name, I was, and when I saw her name, I was like, oh, she's going to be the Christopher mm -hmm. Lake. I knew it, and I was yep. so excited because I... She's a national treasure. I love her. I mean, she's forever... She's Chris McNeil. She's she's my exorcist mama, and I love her so, so much. Yep. She was also the mom in... What's that... The Sandra Bullock movie, Divine Secrets of the Aya Sisterhood. Yep. Yeah, she was she's, the mama in that. Every once in a she's while, she's in more than that too. Because I'm not even thinking of either of those movies when I think of her. But I definitely think of a movie where she's a mom. She, she plays, plays a mom. She plays so a mom well. a lot. She's so, Listen, if you're gonna play a mom, just own it. Like she does it so well at every age in her life too. Um, I hope I'm. At, I hope I'm as good of a mom as she is. As she walks through <laughs> film. Um, so changing it to a, to a moon was interesting because I was like, well, it makes sense that in a land where they're enslaving men, they would be, you know, the, a woman would be in charge. But then looking back on the 73 version, there's this very equitable treatment of each gender towards mm -hmm. one another. And I love that at the ceremony at the end, he's dressed in he's like dressed a long as a woman. Way. Yeah. The, and I think he, and the, the two colors like mixing on his face, like he is, he, he absolutely respects and imbibes feminism and their feminine god goddesses so it's like 
the it's it blows my mind that a 73 movie would get feminism right in a way that a 2000 movie would 2006 movie would shit the bed on so yeah. it's almost like you don't get it in 2006 you're not understanding Mm-hmm. Whereas in 1973, they got it. But then again, 1973 was three years after, like, the first wave feminism really became yeah. a huge thing. It's, it's the purest form was, of feminism. Mm-hmm. So in 2006, 100%. it splintered into so many different things right. and all these different and, ideologies. And, very, and I also think, dare I say, that the, the men who were mansplaining feminism to us when they wrote the, this version of the film were also afraid of neo-feminism. Neo-feminism was a little intense and a little militant at that moment. Mm-hmm. Not quite PCU level. Hey, hey. Oh, oh this penis party's got, got to go. go. Hey, hey. Um, but it was, we were in a moment where, <laughs> yes, I would <laughs> like a beer. Can you show me where the campus is? Um, Did you just say you want to show me your penis? No, no, I think he's going to get us drinks. It's a 5,000 year old dead language. Latin no, is the best go. you can do. Get out of here. I made you in gym. Go, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're just going to pour We're just going to pour PCU for the next hour. Or that's not a protest. But yeah, these are the. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but at the end of the day, like, fuck you, you got it wrong. This is more of a condemnation of feminism. It is. And yeah. it, that it pisses, really is. That really grinds my gears. Yeah. Um, so fuck this movie. Um, so we, we got a little bit of Bananas Nicolas Cage. A little bit. Because Just when he started fucking punching, punching everyone people, in the face. Oh, I love this. And I wanted them to be punched in the face. Of course. And I thought it was like the beginning because I was ready. Because all I knew about this movie were the bees. Not the bees. That's all I knew. I knew there was a big old wicker man that he was going to get burned. And I knew there was bees. But when he started fucking cold cocking bitches. I I need that bike. Bam. Oh, Lily Sobieski's here. Bam. Everyone's getting punched in the face. Someone with a bear costume. I need that bear costume. Plan. Literally, it's almost misogynistic. It is. And it it pisses me off because it's so against the spirit of the original. It is. Dude, that bear costume, though, was pretty dope. It's it's (laughs) hilarious because it's so terrible and it's such a a failure and it's just this, like, goofy segment of, like, Nick Cage, like, he's supposed to be the good guy. It's, like, from the reading of this film, but he's just going around just punching random people, like, people not even, like, trying to start a fight with him. Just punching them in the face. Loved it. Oh, like you can see his face in the bear costume. So it's like, <laughs> bitch, you're not fooling anybody. And to go along to your point, Nate, about how they're just, it, everybody, it's just, they're mean. Mm-hmm. Like, in the original, they're Fun. anointing him for this ceremony. Yes, he's going to be sacrificed, but it's a ceremony. They're anointing him. They're robing him. They're carrying him up. In this one, they tie him down. They hobble him. Knowing he's allergic to bees, they, they purposely inflict anaphylactic shock. Like, he is tortured before he's even burned. So it's like there's an extra element of a mean streak to this mm-hmm. that's just like, can you just put him in the fucking thing and burn him? Yeah. Like, you, ha- I get it. You don't want him to escape, so you're hobbling him. But, like, maybe just, like, can't you do the bee thing and, like, knock him unconscious? Can you weaken him that way? Like, do you really have to be so cool. extra? Yeah. yeah. I, they didn't even need to do that because this Wicker Man was like double the size of the original Wicker Man. So like, even if he did get out, what's he gonna climb down the burning Wicker Man? Yeah. No, and someone he's gonna have to jump, and then he's gonna break his legs anyway. So he's not getting away. He's not gonna yeah. do that. Yeah, this film just felt cruel it's, and stupid, and, and stupid. it obviously didn't get the point of it. And original. it was supposed to be a dark comedy slash satire. Shut up! It was. That's There's nothing I, funny about that's it. That's what I read. That like that that Nicolas Cage and the director defend this movie because it, we don't like it because we don't get it because it's supposed to be some kind of like dark comedy. He said, "I I looked at yeah, the I looked at the Wikipedia is. real quick, and he's like, no, it's this movie's absurd. That's the whole point that it's absurd, and and that's why I was playing it like so crazy. It's like no, no I think, you're just snicking. I think you just didn't know any better or didn't care, and you're like, hey, I'm getting a paycheck. Let's move on and I just mean, shoot this shit. I'll I'll defend Nick Cage with my dying breath. Good, bad, what? However, he's acting crazy, not crazy. When he's not crazy, I think he's sweet, and I don't think he's a bad actor." I also want to get in his pants, so maybe that clouds my judgment. Like, in the movie Family Man, I think he's really cute. Like, I don't know. I just love Nick Cage in um, 
fucking what is it? Peggy Sue got married. Mm-hmm. Like, Raising Arizona, yeah, he's great. Yeah, like like there's lots of movies there. where he's a very, very normal person, but that shit has gone away over the years. And he's I, become I, this giant know, cartoon like, character. Like he's owning it though, so it's working. I do. Yeah, like I do. What, I in, really... in Mom and Dad, it was good. In oh, Mandy, it was so good. good. And yeah. I tell you, Mandy, like I said, my my one comment from Mandy is after watching that movie. I mean, yeah, he's nutty, but like all I want to do, like that movie has never made me like I've never wanted to snuggle with somebody the way that I wanted to just like lay down in bed at the end of the night and snuggle. With which is page. really, I'm gonna say this, which is really telling. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that all of his crazy Nick Cage-isms were appropriate in Mandy. Yes. I yeah. felt like that, that was such an extreme circumstance yes. that going a little bit crazy in response to it, completely acceptable. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's not like this. It's yeah. not like this. <laughs> and like he, I feel like he was staring into my soul. I feel like in this movie, some of his Cage-isms were necessary. I mean, he's basically being held on the island. You know, he can't leave. He's basically being held. He finds out that the woman that left him had a kid. She's saying it's his. She's missing. Is she missing? Is she dead? Is she dead? Is she missing? Like, I think his cageisms are totally justified in this one. There are other movies where maybe not as such. But in this <laughs> one, I feel they're justified. And I mean, can we talk about just for the hot second, the greatest Nicolas Cage movie ever? Space Off. So okay. <laughs> it's, it's definitely Agreed. up there. Agreed. Uh, but no, I will. I will stand. As regardless of if, if I like this movie or not, you know, I have to stand by Nick Cage. What about, what about um, uh, Once Bitten? Isn't that right? No, no that's, that's Jim Carrey. Wow, what's that movie? Isn't he in like a... He is. He's, he's, he's in, in uh, Vampire's Kiss. Vampire's Kiss. Yeah. And where's the one where he drove the ambulance? Uh, it was it was really it was like an indie artsy movie that came out in the early nineties. Uh, you know what I'm talking, talking about? about. Is that adaptation? No. Oh, no. Adaptation. He plays Charlie Kaufman, um, the guy that wrote all this. Yeah. Like, he breaks your heart and leaving. Las Bringing Vegas. out the dead. That's what it was. Oh. Yeah. I never saw. Dead. He's in so many movies. He's in so, he many, so movies. much work. He's wonderful. Mm-hmm. He's alright. No, I think he, he's well, interesting. He's, he's also on my he's, he's, an, he's, he's on my he's, freebies list. So. Ew, is he really? Yes, he's he's an interesting yeah. character, oh, and he's, he's been in lots of movies that I find enjoyable just because he does not care and will do whatever he Agreed. wants. And there's some really great old ones. He yeah. bought a castle. Yeah, of course he's he did. Weird. <laughs> he's um, weird. This is what happens with nepotism in Hollywood. Yes, seriously. Yeah. This is what happens <laughs> when you let some no-name nobody be in movies just yeah. because he's related to Francis Ford Coppola. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so forget the new one. Nick Cage, we still love you. We do. The but old one's awesome. The old one is awesome. Yeah. The new one is stupid, but the last 15 minutes are pretty fucking yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah. If you, you just want to watch Nick Cage just run around punching <laughs> ladies in the face in a bear costume. Who doesn't? <laughs> Um, and in the, in the old one, and I'm sorry to jump back to this one, I loved, there were so many subtle, nuanced, like, style choices that were made in the scenery that were always mind-blowing. Like, I don't know if you noticed this, but there were at least twice where the shadow of Sergeant Howie made it look like he was crucified. crucified. Yeah. And, oh, I didn't see yeah. that. Oh, and cool. then went in the store when it had like all the jar full of foreskin and like all oh, this yeah, shit. <laughs> like there were so many subtle nuanced things that like sprinkled the atmosphere of horror into it. And even like the masks because they were creepy and old school. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Like I really, yeah, like I'm in your bone, Nate. I'm like, I'm ready to watch this movie over and over and like find every nuanced piece yeah, of it that I, I missed. I feel like the 73 has so much more to, to unpack. find. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, just going along for the ride is just the first time. And, mm-hmm. and then the more times you go into it, the more you're going to get away from it. Exactly. Like I can't wait to unpack it more. There's a reason this movie has been referenced and imitated so mm-hmm. often. And so I caught like the scene of the burning wicker men. So iconic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't lie that the in the first for the seventy three um, Willow's naked butt slap scene that we I I, I replayed that a couple times because there was one point where I'm like Chad, I'm like you need to come here and you need to watch this. And he was like, what are you watching? I'm like Wicker Man. And he was like, oh Nick Cage. I'm like, that's no, no, the no. I'm like right now you need to watch this scene. And yeah, did I like dance around my house smacking my butt? Smacking my I dog. Hope so. I was like smacking my dog's butt, trying to get Dublin to dance along. And I'm like, come that's on, awesome. Come here to oh my, my god. Room. Smacking his butt, smacking my butt. We danced around a little bit. And even like that Midsummer movie that just came out, everybody's referencing Wicker Man when they talk about it because you can't have a film 
with like a pagan idea or like a, a cult like thing in a rural setting without getting compared to Wickerman. You know? Listen, I saw that trailer and that was immediately the first thing I thought Wicker of Man, was Wickerman. Even yeah. without having seen the original at that point. Like, yeah. I'd only seen Keith's movie. The iconic, movie. yeah. Oh my god, you'd only seen oh, yeah. the new one? No, the, the oh, original no. Wicker Man I watched for the first time Dude. today. But the but the Nick Cage one, I'm, I'm a weirdo. I like seeing bad stuff. <laughs> I don't know why. I search it out sometimes. I'm like, this is going to be terrible, but I want to see it. No judgment. Because everyone hates it so much. I want to know why. And I usually <laughs> don't hate it as much as they do because I'm a weirdo that kind of gets off on it. But <laughs> what are you going to do? This one deserves the hatred. Oh, yeah. It's terrible. It's super boring. And, and you don't know who to root for. And you just feel bad at the end. True. Oh, that's true. Ah, so your, your comment about it, it they, they're defending it as satirical, the new one. Maybe it's because they made it as a joke on people being afraid of feminism. Like, that's the only thing that would make sense to me satirically. Yeah. You know, like, maybe yeah. they're like, oh, yeah, the women are evil. They're going to make us all slaves. But if they, then, you know. But like, then I feel like Nick Cage should be more of a, a, a audience member insert then. And you should be able to relate more to him than to have him be this other character mm. that you're supposed to have all this empathy for. I feel like it should be more like, you know, this is how you would react to this stuff and not... True. That, not how... Not, this is how crazy exactly, the case you would react. Exactly. So you go for it. I was trying to find something to redeem it. I don't think there's anything. Straws, yeah. uh, you know, with the movie that universally reviled, I don't mm -hmm. think, you know, yeah, they just people are onto something, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think at a certain point you have to accept that maybe a movie is just bad. That's true. That's true. Well, I thoroughly enjoyed the original. I'm glad we finally covered it um, yeah it was a really strong feminist piece and a really strong piece on the dangers of christianity which i'm all about mm -hmm. no yeah. any chance to uh poo poo religion makes that's right happy. me too <laughs> <laughs> amen sister all right well <laughs> <laughs> thank <laughs> you guys for uh joining us for mm -hmm. wicker man 73 and yep. wicker man 06 mm -hmm. uh we hope you enjoyed it and we hope you will tune in next week don't forget to use your little phalanges to go on to Google and find us. She calls them the phalanges now. That's a thing. Is that a thing we're doing? It's a thing. All it's right. a thing. Uh, go on there, rate, review, love us, talk to us, and we will see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. The roof. The roof, the roof is on fire. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. We don't need no water, let the motherfucker burn. Burn, motherfucker. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.